Welcome everybody to another edition of Are You Ready for Some Football right here on Movement Radio. I'm Talon Williams. I am Chip Hazard. I'm Roger Sierra. And uh, before we get started with the show tonight, um, I just wanted to um, let everybody know because I know there were some people asking um, why we didn't drop uh, the wild card uh, predictions last week and why uh, we didn't drop an episode this past Monday. Um, we uh, we had a tragedy uh, in our family uh, back on uh, January 17th of this year. Uh, my mother, Linda Worley, um, unfortunately passed away um, at 1119 in the, in the, in the, in the evening. And, uh, we, uh, uh, and forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, it's again, it's still hard for me to talk about. Um, but, um, I wanted to, you know, say thank you to, you know, to everyone who sent me messages, the people who know, know, um, Roger chip. Thank you guys. Um, you know, for being there, Roger, you, you know, you can only be with me on Saturday, but I definitely appreciate you being there. Uh, Chip, you was with me all week. Um, you know, it, it's difficult, uh, for me to, to put this in words, you know, I just miss her so much and I love her so much. And, uh, y'all pray for my, for my father, Avery and my sister, Lily. And, uh, yeah, I mean, my mother passed away at 61 years old. Um, we wasn't ready for her to go yet. It's then again, you know, you're never ready for your mother to leave this earth. Um, but you know, my mother would always tell me, you know, you know, just, just keep on going forward, keep on moving forward. Um, and, uh, I'm gonna live every day trying to honor my mother in that way. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna let her words last forever and I'm gonna teach my children all the things that she taught me, you know, and, uh, uh, Tonight's episode of uh, Are You Ready for the Football is dedicated to the memory of uh, Linda Diane Worley. So, uh, Chip, Roger, again, thank you guys for everything y'all did for me this weekend. I really do appreciate it. Love you guys. Uh, You know, I don't want to speak for Roger, but uh, we say this a lot. We are family. Uh, You could have told me to stay the hell at home, and I would have been there for you no (laughs) matter what. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, um, I mean, we pretty much talk every day, all day, every day, uh, essentially brothers. Of course, we're going to be there for each other, and especially times like that. Uh, it's just one of those things that there's no question, there's no doubt. We're always going to be there to support each other for something like that and be there when we can. Um, we'll just find a way. And I mean, I, I do live an hour away. It's not that far, but wouldn't be able to do it the whole weekend, but I was there when I was able to be there. You know, saying we're we're family, man. And I appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys and um to everybody who, you know, made it out there. Um, you know, I appreciate you guys, the ones that send me messages and everything for those of you who couldn't make it. Um, but you know, I've done the grieving, I've done the crying, probably cried more in the past six seven days than I've, you know, cried my whole entire life. But you know, I got to push forward, you know, and, um, this podcast, you know, ever since we started it back on, uh, July 18th of 2019, it's always been an outlet for me to, you know, be able to make, you know, to express myself and to, you know, help get some things off my chest, you know, maybe vent a little bit, ran a little bit, but, you know, we are talking football today and I enjoyed talking football. Um, and, 
you know, we're going to, we're going to get into it. Um, you know, we, uh, we had four amazing divisional playoff games that just took place this past weekend. Uh, and, uh, like I said, we missed a wild card, uh, this past weekend. Um, and there was, there was some crazy stuff there too. Um, but, uh, we're going to focus on these games in particular today, the division playoff games. Um, let's kick it off with the Saturday game. Um, Uh, um, real real quick, I, I can say that, um, our wild card weekend predictions, we got every game except one correct. Um, we all had picked Dallas to beat the 49ers, and obviously the 49ers won. Um, in a messed up way, yeah, very messed up way. Uh, we'll talk about that at a later time. Um, we were talking off air, and we're gonna do a uh, kind of a uh, NFL rules that that possibly need to be changed or updated uh, and the reason that the Cowboys lost in my opinion is because of a rule change that or a uh, a rule that needs to be updated right so anyway uh, go ahead and jump into that first divisional round game it was the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Tennessee Titans literally came down to the wire and uh, the Bengals did pull off the surprise victory, which it, again, it's a surprise victory because they did beat the number one seed home field advantage, all that good shit. But yeah, Cincinnati did win 19 to 16 last minute walk off field uh, go for the win um, in a game where Joe Burrow threw for three forty eight. No touchdowns through the interception, and he was also sacked nine times in this game. Um, you know, and Tennessee, you know, Tennessee Ryan Tannehill did okay 220 for a touchdown, but he threw three interceptions in this game. So yeah, he was he he didn't have a good game either. So um how did you guys feel overall about um the Bengals beating the Titans? I mean, as we watched it, we were seeing how the Bengals were the Bengals defense was doing the right strategy of containing Derrick Henry first off, yes, but also forcing Tannehill to make mistakes. Um, because Derrick Henry didn't do good at all. Ryan Tannehill didn't do good at all. Three turnovers. I mean, three interceptions and a you know at a home divisional game. No, you can't do that, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Derrick Henry only had 62 rushing yards, and I know he's just coming back off of an injury, but, man, you, you've got to do better than 62 rushing yards. He wasn't even the rushing leader for his team. No. Yeah. Uh, Dante Foreman ran four times for 66 yards. Derrick Henry ran 20 times for 62. I mean, that just speaks volume uh, of what the game plan was for Cincinnati, and that was to contain Derrick Henry at all costs, and they sure did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, um, but A.J. Brown did have a good game, five receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Julio Jones actually had probably one of the better games that he's had in a while, six receptions, 62 yards. Um, but then, to be honest, I forget he even plays anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks. David Long had a sack. Harold Landry had a sack and a half. Bud Dupree had a sack. Uh, Danico Autry had a sack and a half. Uh, Kyle Pico had a half a sack. Uh, Naquan Jones had half a sack. So, I mean, they, 
it was nine sacks to one. The only sack um, that the Bengals had was um, Ridgeland's high school, Ridgeland High School's own Von uh, Bell uh, with a sack and a tackle for a loss with uh, six total tackles. Um, but Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates, and Logan Wilson all had interceptions in this game. Um, so it wasn't a good – it was a good game from the standpoint that it was close and it was tight – Statistically, I mean, Joe Burrow had over three, almost 350 yards, no touchdowns to speak of, though. Although Joe Mixon did run one in, had, you know, for 50, 50, 54 total yards on the day and a touchdown. Um, I mean, they're in that underdog role right now. And they, oh, not to mention, uh, damn Jamar Chase, five receptions and 109 yards in this game. If Jamar Chase ain't, ain't, Offensive rookie of the year, something's wrong, you know. No, just rookie of the year. <laughs> when you do it, yeah. is offense, defense. He is the rookie of the year. Yeah, I one hundred percent believe that he's he should be rookie of the year. But uh, yeah. we'll do our awards. Uh, Pro Bowl week, um, since there's not really much going on that week, we'll do our year end awards or whatever we're gonna call honors, year end awards, um, and the Super Bowl prediction, obviously, and. Maybe we'll do some rule change discussions that we should, you know, want to see or something like that. Right. Definitely. All right. Um, so the next one that we're going to talk about is the other Saturday game. Um, the San Francisco 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. Now, the Green Bay Packers are the number one seed. They have home field advantage throughout, throughout the playoffs. San Francisco beat them 13 to 10. And what many people are calling the worst game in Aaron Rodgers' postseason career. Oh, definitely not. I don't oh, believe that at all. Well, that's what some people are saying. 200, you know, 225 yards passing, no touchdowns. Uh, no interceptions, but no touchdowns. Um, A.J. Dillon scored the uh, the only touchdown of the game uh, with a rushing touchdown, He only and he ran for only 25 yards. Um, Aaron Jones was actually the leading receiver um, of the team, uh, with nine receptions, 129 yards. Uh, it's interesting. Aaron Rodgers threw 20, completed 20 passes in this game. Nine were to Jones, nine were to uh, Devontae Adams, one was to Alan Lazard, and one was to Mercedes Lewis. Like only four receivers caught um, uh, passes from uh, Aaron Rodgers. And Jimmy G. Did not have a good game either, you know, 131 yards and interception. Um, yeah, that was uh, <laughs> but we we said that the San Francisco's defense, well, we talked about this off air obviously because we didn't do the episode, but we said their defense was going to be a big issue, and I mean, they were they had how many sacks did they have on them? Five, let's see, yeah, let me I go here and was. look, yeah. Five. Uh, Three from uh, Nick Bosa, who we said definitely was a great day. He came back. And then two from um, Armstead. Yeah. I mean, we said Bosa, Bosa's a beast. When he's out there, he proves it. He is. You want to know something, a fun fact about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 in his career versus the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. Yeah, the first quarter, The first quarterback to lose four playoff starts to one team in NFL history. And you know who that first quarterback was he took that L from? Who was that? Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick, yep. 
try to look man, and see what that other man interesting. should have a job in the NFL, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. All I'm saying is Mitch Trubisky can have a job. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick can definitely have a job. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers is also 11 and 10 in his career as a starter in the playoffs. However, he is seven and nine since winning uh Super Bowl, uh, since winning the Super Bowl back in 2010. Yeah, winning a uh, Super Bowl. All right, so a if, Super Bowl. If, if, if since we're on this subject of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Rodgers, uh, would would you believe me if I told you that Nick Foles and Aaron Rodgers have the same amount of Super Bowl victories, Super Bowl MVP awards, and NFC championships? Of course. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know why? Because so, Nick Foles beat the Patriots. Who's the better quarterback? Oh, Nick Foles. He was a backup quarterback and won a Super Bowl against the Patriots. Right. No, statistically uh, wise. No. Hell, Trent there, Dilfer. Hell, hell. If we're if we're gonna if we're gonna stay with that concept, Trent Dilfer has the same, uh, <laughs> the same. Uh, no, no. Well, Trent Dilfer wasn't an MVP, MVP, so never mind. He definitely was not an MVP. He wasn't the MVP. No, that was a <laughs> that was Dexter Jackson. Dexter Jackson got that uh, MVP that year. It was the year right. the uh, Buccaneers beat uh, the Raiders in the Super Bowl. I was actually talking about his Baltimore year. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the year he. Oh, no, no, no. That's Brad Johnson. I'm thinking. Never mind. Yeah, I thought you were talking about when he won yeah. with the Ravens. Oh, yeah, he did win the, with the Ravens. I, I get that confused because <laughs> Trent Dilfer used to play for, for the, the Buccaneers. Bucks, yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's been I a long so week. Guys. You said a day. I'm like, uh, dude, no I'm, I confused myself. <laughs> All right, now, now Aaron Rodgers plays for the Green Bay Packers. Before for now, Aaron, for Aaron Rodgers, before Aaron Rodgers. There was another great quarterback by the name of Brett Favre. Yep. Now, as a Green Bay Packers fan, imagine having two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for the last 30 years, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And only winning two Super Bowls? Yep. Uh, Oh, Uncle Shea Shea was talking about it, uh, I believe it was this morning on Undisputed. He pretty much said, so you mean to tell me I have a quarterback that has who could possibly have four MVPs and only have one Super Bowl to show it. Like, why would I keep you? You know, and Uncle and Shannon Sharp is a big, big fan of Aaron Rodgers. But at what point do you say, you know what, to hell with your individual success? We're trying to win a championship. You know, you can win all the MVPs you want, but we're trying to win the win titles here. Also, you know. When Brett Favre won the Super Bowl, he didn't win the Super Bowl. Desmond Howard won the Super Bowl. He had three kick returns for touchdowns. Right. I think it was two two punts and one kickoff return. Right. Well, Reggie White, you know, did his thing also. He he, he disrupted, you know. Yeah, I mean, he kept the defense. Obviously, he was the foundation for that defense and obviously did what he was supposed to do. But Desmond Howard scored touchdowns as a special team. He's the only special teams player to win Super Bowl MVP. Right? Yeah, but- can can we say that there that that could be a front office problem there in Green Bay? Uh, yeah, because the front they're office not, is garbage at picking weapons. <laughs> right, they're not putting. You have Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, two two of the best quarterbacks to to do it. I think Brett Favre had a better weapon selection. He had better receivers and running back. Uh, I he can't had, say that he had, a good, he had a good core of receivers and running back. He had Antonio. He had he had Amon Green and Antonio Freeman. Like he, Amon Green was good. 
Amon Green was good, but I mean, well, I mean, if we're if we're talking about just running backs that they've had, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I would take Amon Green over Eddie Lacy all day long. <laughs> but when it comes to aside from Antonio Freeman, who else did Brett Favre throw to? Donald Driver. Oh yeah. It, no, like I thought, Driver was with Aaron. Oh, he was with no, both of them, he wasn't was, he? His final two years was with Rogers, but he played for Brett Favre for most of them, and that's why all his fingers are broken. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because he threw. Yeah, but I mean, look at who Aaron Rodgers had: Jordy Nelson. He had Greg, Greg Jennings, Jennings. He had. <laughs> he had. He had Randall Cobb. He right now he currently has what many people would say is the, the top second one, a best top receiver. three, the second best receiver in the game, in Devontae Adams. Um. Some may argue Hawking first. Playing, he'd be third. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, I mean, that's that's not a hill I prepared to die on. Um, but I will get to that here in in a second. Um, but yeah, but I mean, were you guys surprised that the 49ers beat the Packers? No, I don't trust. I trust in the Packers as much as I trust in Peyton Man in the playoffs. Not at all. I mean, Peyton Manning do got two championships. No, he got one. He didn't even get that championship. His defense got them championships. I was a little surprised knowing that the that Green Bay was the number one seed and the 49ers barely made it into the playoffs. But once they were on the field and the, the play of the game started, it was very adherent that the 49ers produced the better team that day. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, nothing really else to this game. Uh, unless you guys got something else. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Um, so let's kick it to the Sunday games. Uh, this game, again, another game, that was decided by a field goal that came down to the wire. The, the L.A. Rams defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30-27 uh, to 27 in a game that a lot of people was like, oh, man, Tampa Bay is just going to do this, you know. Um, I mean, it was 20-3 to three at half. And then Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does, you know, scoring, you know. I can't even see he would say it was all him, though. Leonard Fournette, man. Yeah, Leonard Fournette ran his ass off in this game. Yeah, I thought you didn't like he Leonard Fournette, get... though, Roger. Oh, I hate Leonard Fournette. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he... I, man, I, I don't like Leonard Fournette, but I mean, he produced for them. He was, yeah. I mean, thirteen carries, fifty-one <laughs> yards, two touchdowns. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I can't say anything. I mean, he produced for them. He was their engine. Anytime they needed him, he, especially in the last, especially the last quarter, that fourth quarter, he was the man to go to. He was, yeah. yeah. Mike Evans, um, also eight receptions, one hundred nineteen yards, and a touchdown. So, um, real quick about that, all I want to say is thank you, Mike Evans, for shutting Jalen Ramsey up. Oh my God, yes. Me, and, we were, we were, we were at go, we were at Golden Corral. And we was, we was waiting to be seated. And me and Chipper watching the game. Uh, and that pretty damn just that that beautiful pass to Mike Evans, and we watched the replay. They showed it like at six different angles, and I was like, mm-hmm, "Look, you see that? You see that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He talking that way. shit." Don't throw and... me away. <laughs> Crap, you don't want to see me. 
Trapper, you want to? <laughs> oh man, yeah, bro. Not only did Mike Evans catch all over Jalen Ramsey, but he was blowing him out of the water with yards after the catch. I mean, yeah, and he was getting like tons of space. Like Jalen Ramsey played terrible. I mean, not trash. Really. He was getting victimized out there. He was. And yeah. what's, what's, to me, I think if Chris Godwin would have played, I think the Buccaneers would have blown him out. Oh, I think so. Because there was Godwin no way. hurt. Yeah. I don't think there's a way. They, I don't think, the Rams defense is great, but there's no way. If you're lining up Chris Godwin and Mike Evans on the same side, nah. Right. Nah. But, but, but I will say this, though. Cooper Cup had a nine receptions, 183 yards, and a touchdown. Plus that that last ditch effort to catch the ball, this do the man, hurry up. This man, I don't know what it is, but that last play where he broke homeboy's ankles to a million pieces on yes, a he head did. juke on a head yes, he juke, bro. If I was that guy, I would have I would have faked the ankle injury. I'd be like, no, he really broke my ankle. I I got to get off the field. Drag me off yeah. the field. <laughs> Well, and uh, Scotty Miller was doing some good stuff for. Yeah, he was too. Yes, May too. See, I he he did good, but Scotty Miller to me will still be a joke after saying last year that he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Mm. <laughs> well, fuck around and find out. <laughs> yeah, he don't want the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah, but no, man. I mean, after the performance that Cooper Cup had, and a lot of people was like, "Well, it's Matthew Stafford. If 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 uh, Cooper Cup still had Jared Goff, he wouldn't even be putting up these numbers." Uh, get out of here. Okay, I mean, yeah. um, Cooper Cup was putting them numbers up with Jared Goff. Remember, he went to right. the Super Bowl. What Jared Goff second year? Yeah. yeah. The, the thing, and the thing about it is, though, is that like, it, 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 this is just my this is my personal opinion. I know people want to give the MVP to the quarterback, but bruh, how can you look at the season that Cooper Cup had and not at least consider him? Let me ask this question, and this is how I always determine who the MVP of a team should be. If I take Cooper Cup away from the Los Angeles Rams, do they have a 12-5 and record? No. Debatable. I, I can't say it because they also lost uh uh crap Robert Woods, who's going to be their main receiver. Uh, that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean they do have OBJ now, but but they got him halfway through the season, so I mean yeah, they would have lost it even halfway. It was more than halfway through the season. Yeah, it was more than halfway. Yeah. It was like twelve games. Yeah, so I mean, all right, so <laughs> uh, they had a yeah, Ty Higby, no. right? But, yeah. but 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 see, I use that. I use that, but then people reverse it back to me and say, well, if the Tampa Buccaneers didn't have Tom Brady or if Green Bay didn't have Aaron Rodgers, you know, would they would they be, have the record that they have? Okay, you got a point there. Here's the thing. Why does most valuable player have to be a quarterback award? It's not, mo- it's not most valuable quarterback. It's most valuable player, you know. And judging by just the statistics alone, based on the individual position of each player, you can't sit here and tell me, dude, Cooper Cup is putting up Megatron numbers. Oh, he's putting past Megatron now. But that's my point. How is it that Cooper Cup is putting up, is, is had a record 
probably the best season. And a lot of people's like, well, I can't really say he's the best wide receiver because he's a slot receiver. Who fucking can? Shit. Hold on. Can you catch the ball? Say what now? Whether there's whether it says slot receiver or wide receiver, he's He's still a receiver. Thank you. And he's burning motherfuckers down the field. Yes, he is. So it would not surprise me. So he is the triple crown champion receiving right now. Yes. Yes. Most receptions, most yards, most touchdowns by receiver. Yeah. So what, like, why would he, like, that's literally like a quarterback having the most passing yards, most rushing yards, and most touchdowns. And most completions and most, like. Yeah, like, like, he doesn't have the highest average yardage, but he's still averaging 13.4 yards per catch. So he's guaranteeing you a first down every time he touches the ball. Yeah. Which means he's moving the chains for you every single time he moves the ball. Like, the ball. I mean, Cooper, oh, Cup's worst, Cooper Cup's worst season was in 2018, but he was injured Injured, that season yeah. And only played eight games and still put up 600 yards. Yeah, think about it this year. He played 17 games, 145 catches, 1,947 yards, 16 touchdowns. Like... No fumbles. No well, fumbles. Well, until the game, this game. <laughs> but, but, that no, count, but that doesn't count. That's postseason stats. That's yeah. not his regular season stats. Yeah, in regular season, he only has four fumbles total and only lost one. So this man, you know, he ain't giving the ball up. Yeah, postseason, he's only had one fumble his entire career. Just happened to be, yeah, it just happened to be this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, but and here's the thing. You know what though? And some people's like, well, here. And, well, here's my thing. If you don't want to give him MVP, at least give him Offensive Player of the Year. So here's the thing. He has played 71 games in his career and has 40 touchdowns. Mm. And that's after his 20 after a season of only playing eight games, also included. Yeah. Well, he still got six touchdowns that year. And he's only what, like 28 years old? Yeah, he's only he got drafted. Yeah, he got drafted in 2017. He's got years. As long as, as long as he stays healthy. But how many, how, but, but will he have, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter the quarterback. I mean, if you get a good enough quarterback had, to get him the ball. I mean, I mean he had good stats with Jared Goff. Yeah. Right. He went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. In 2019, he had uh, 1,161 yards. Yeah. Right. That's the, that was the Super Bowl Yeah. That's the, and not only that, think about that. Jared Goff had uh, Reynolds, Woods, Cooper Cup and uh, Joe Everett, I think, was the tight end. He had four targets, four yeah. four great targets, and Cooper Cup was still put on. He had ten touchdowns still, and people are like, oh, he only had ten. He had ten while having three other people competing for passes. Right. All right. Well, that being said, and we'll talk about that when we do our um, our year end awards. Uh, who we think should oh, get it. Um, also, before we go on, le- last thing about that game, uh, the Rams' defense was getting Brady hard. He got to the point where he got an, a sports, an unsportsmanlike conduct called on him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He got, he got a little Mac as Von Miller on busted that lip. Yeah, he did. Yep. He got a sack. Aaron Donald got a sack. I mean, they just had a good, they just had a grand old time. And also, I mean, I... I I'm sad that 
we got rid of Von Miller, but I'm glad he's rejuvenating his career still in this time. Like he had, he had that forced fumble, that strip sack, which I loved. Then he got Tom Brady a few times. I mean, I, I, I Von Miller, my boy, still want to support him. Right. All right. So with that being said, let's jump on to the last game of the weekend, which to was the, the Buffalo Bills playoff game ever, with the most bullshit ending ever. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. The Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City did win in overtime, forty-two to thirty-six. Nah, fuck that. We ain't gonna talk about that bullshit. Fuck this game. Uh, fuck OT. Fuck OT. Get out of here. OT is garbage. How you gonna decide a game by a fucking coin flip? Get rid of that rule. You you wanna you, you wanna go ahead and just jump straight into it? We do want to talk about how Josh Allen showed how much of a thug he was, hurling people breaking tacklers faces he literally injured a corner <laughs> motherfucker threw for five touchdowns again no four Gabriel it was only David. four it was what only four? four yeah it was, four? It, was uh, Gabriel, it was it was caught four 320 sure. it was 329 four touchdowns yeah um and he Gabriel also David ran for six everyone. he also ran for 68 uh yards too and he broke people he left a trail of bodies behind him Gabriel yeah. Davis had his best game. Matter of fact, Gabriel Davis had all four of the touchdowns. He was eight yep. receptions, 201 yards, and four touchdowns. Probably one of the best performances of a wide receiver in the playoffs. If you was looking at this game, you'd even think there was another receiver on that team. No. Stephon Digg disappeared. Dawson yeah. Knox disappeared. Mayo Sanders disappeared. Cole Beasley showed up. And then they're going to rob this man for a fucking coin flip. Oh, we just going, if you score first, you get to win. Fuck that. Stupid. This is the highest level where you go to decide literally by who gets the ball first. Get out of here. Is it, it, Would you say that it's sad that college football's overtime rule is 10 times better than the NFL where people are actually getting paid to play? What is? I forget what the actual overtime rule is in college. The actual overtime rule in college is that each team gets a chance to score. What basically what it boils down to is that each team starts at the twenty yard line, and yeah, so it's, it's you, the red yeah red zone. Okay, that's it's the red. You start yeah, you start at the twenty yard line, and it, it's it's basically first and goal basically. So you start at the twenty, you got four chances to get it into the end zone. Um, if you want to kick a field goal or whatever, um, you know, but most people tend to go for I me. Mean, I, God, I can't remember what game it was. I want to say it was a it was a Big Ten game. I want to say it was Purdue Northwestern. They had like three overtimes like in a row because it, 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 each team just wanted to. I guess the defenses decided they they were done after regulation. But like, why can't we have something similar to that? Or at the very at the bare minimum, play out the entire. That's like it would be the equivalent. And this is I'm I'm relating it to this because this is how I this is how stupid it is. That would be like an NBA game going to regulation, and the first player to score a three pointer wins the game automatically. Like that's it's literally like an NBA game going to overtime, and they're like, okay, do a coin flip. All right, here you go, shoot a free throw. If you make it, you win. Yeah, basically. Like get the fuck out of here. Like, oh, like man. I don't understand. Like, 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 I mean, even if you don't want to do a full fifteen minute quarter, like you can do like eight minutes or ten minutes or something like just a sudden death rule. You know, you got ten minutes, play out ten minutes. You know, who's ever leading you, at ten minutes wins the game. That's literally just play, keep playing quarters until somebody fucking wins. I don't care if you're tired. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all want this championship or nah? Right, right. Stupid. What are we paying you for? Right, but here's the thing. We're paying you to play the game. 
but and but here's another thing too. If the game, let's just say, just for argument's sake, the game goes into overtime, nobody scores during overtime. What happens then? Do we go to a second overtime, or does the yes. coin flip determine who goes no. to the next? <laughs> you know, you, you literally keep playing until somebody wins. Right. You keep playing quarters. Then, like I said, you ain't got to play full eight, uh, fifteen. Play seven or right. eight minute quarters, and at the end of eight, if they're still tied, play another eight minute quarter. But see, but that, but see, but that, play another eight minute one. The, the, that. The, the touchdown thing makes no sense to me because remember it used to be like, oh, we'll just go down, kick a field goal, win the game, and then the NFL stopped it and said, hold on, no, no, no. If you kick a field goal, the other team gets a chance to kick a field goal, or if they score a touchdown, then that's when the whole touchdown thing can play. I think if you score a touchdown first play, like at least have at least have the other team have a chance to score as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I'm all, like I'm good with the college. Like I'm cool with the with the end zone thing. You know, you start at the twenty, you got four chances to make it into the end zone. You know, uh, like to me, that's when it like um if it comes to the top level professional sport. If you're the top of your sport, college football, yeah, you, they can do the red zone, whatever, and each one gets a turn. But if we're going to the pros. And you get paid to play this game, you better keep fucking playing this game. Fuck that nonsense. Oh, we're gonna go both through the red red zone and hope somebody scores. Nah. You wanna play a full game? Y'all want a coin flip? You want the ball first? All right. Here you go. You get the ball first. Y'all got eight minutes. Play this bitch out. Yep. It is the most stupidest, disgusting overtime rule ever in any sport right now. I would rather it would it is almost as bad as playing fucking any sport, and they'd be like, oh, you're going to be blindfolded now. Go out there. And play this <laughs> I'd rather have them do that shit than be like, oh, first one to score. Nah. That's, that's it's so stupid that you literally have these, the, you're, the, you're the top level. You're the top organization. Like we said, if, it's the NBA saying, all right, here's the coin flip. You want to shoot this free throw. You make it, you win. You lo- If you don't make it, you lose. That's stupid. That's like right. if hockey, if hockey is overtime rule, all right, here you go. Open net. Shoot from the half, you make it, you win. You don't, you lose. But uh, but the thing about it is though, at least hockey, at least with hockey, they don't end them in ties anymore. You actually do a shootout now, yeah. which which I love. I love the shootout rule now. The uh, the way they do overtimes now, which which I mean, the way that they constructed it with points now because it's wins, losses, and then shootouts. Yeah, you know, you win, you get. If you win, if you win the game, you get two points. If you lose the game, you don't get any points. But if you somehow lose in the shootout, you get a point because you were able to push it into the shootout. You know, which that does, you know, mess me. I mean, because they go by total points, not just get, you know, but because they add up the the like for example, if you got say ten, you see you got ten, uh, see so you win five games, that's ten points. If you lose a game, then that's two points deducted. The uh, so seven points, so whatever. Um, hockey's confusing sometimes, uh, but you know, I do feel like again, like what we talked about a minute ago, the playoffs. Um, I'm sorry, the, uh, the the overtime rule definitely needs to be, especially during the playoffs. Like you need to make sure that both teams have an opportunity to at least showcase and win the game instead of. Oh well, we're gonna throw it down because had the had. I don't think that the Patriots would have had that Super Bowl because remember during that Super Bowl when the Patriots and the uh, Falcons went uh, into overtime, Matt Ryan and the Falcons never got never got the ball back. Patriots ran it down the field. 
You know, scored a touchdown, game over. Like, no, no Atlanta, you're not even going to get a chance to, to score a football. So, but that being said, that is it for the, uh, out of, so be honest, out of all the games that we um, talked about just now, what game was the, was the game, maybe, maybe it was the surprise to you. Which one was the most surprising one to you? Chiefs Bills because of that bullshit. Okay. I I I despise like doesn't I don't care who it could have been. It could have been it could have been the fucking Chiefs versus the Jets and they go to the overtime rule, I'd still be fucking pissed. Yeah, I mean and, and and we don't for the fans out there, we don't have a dog in this race. Rogers a Denver Broncos fan. I'm a Houston Texans fan, and Talon is a Miami Dolphins fan. This is just the integrity of the game is now being questioned because of this bullshit overtime rule. Right. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, personally, I think the Bills should have won this game. Uh, and... I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get some flack over that from some of my friends that are Chiefs fans. But you know what? Just think if that would have happened to your team. And then what? Would would you be saying they'd be pounding on everything they could? We need an overtime rule change. We need an overtime rule change. Right. Um. So that being said, though. Uh, moving on to, um, do you guys want to go ahead and go into the next uh, week's games, the yeah. upcoming week's games, or do you? Is there? Is there? Uh, no, like, we can go into them. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if you guys want to talk draft order or anything like that. Now we can do uh, that for a Pro Bowl week. Yeah, okay. I, was, I was gonna say draft order right now uh, isn't. I mean, we basically know who's winning what. I mean, who's who's picking what where. Up to twenty eight, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just just real quick, uh, we know Jacksonville got the number one overall pick. Uh, Detroit at two, Houston at three, the Jets at four, Giants at five, Panthers at six, the the Giants at seven, uh, due to the Chicago trade. Atlanta at eight, Denver at nine. Then the Jets get to pick at. 10 because of the uh, Seattle trade, Washington at 11, uh, Minnesota at 12, Cleveland at 13, Baltimore at 14, Philadelphia picks 15 and 16 uh, because of trades with Miami and Indianapolis, Uh, the Chargers at 17, the Saints at 18, Eagles 19, Pittsburgh at 20, New England, 21. Las Vegas is at 22. Arizona's at 23. Dallas at 24. Buffalo, 25. Tennessee, 26. Tampa Bay, 27. Green Bay, 28. Uh, And then 29, 30, 31 is, you know, what it is right now. But uh, San Francisco and the Rams do not have a late pick. Uh. Miami, mm-hmm. the Dolphins actually have San Francisco's pick, and Detroit actually has the Rams' pick. Um, at that point, uh, so yeah, so San anywhere. Francisco and uh, the Rams will not have a first round pick at all. 
know uh unless they come up with some trade before obviously then but right um yeah, so Dolphins and Lions will get a later pick. Um, hopefully, um, both of them get an offensive lineman because they both need one badly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. But also at the same time, hell, Chris Greer and uh, Stephen Ross. I know, I know we're – can I go ahead – can I say that? Because I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Um, about your great offseason decision already? I am very disappointed about that. <laughs> like, I, like honest to God, Brian Flores, he was the okay. I granted, yeah, you started the, you started it, um, you started the season one and seven. Okay, granted with that. Okay, cool. You know, you ended the season eight and two. You barely missed the playoffs. At one point, you were the seventh seed. Like, I get that. You were in. You were. You, you're. You're still in. You're still building in Miami. Okay. I think, and again, and th- th- this is going to several different avenues here, so please forgive me. Stephen Ross and Chris Greer both wanted Tua. Brian Flores wanted Justin Herbert. They said, nope, you're taking Tua. So he had to take Tua. Wasn't his decision, but he made the best with what he could with Tua. Then the whole thing with the Deshaun Watson situation took place where Deshaun Watson could possibly come to Miami. Deshaun wanted to work with Brian Flores, but both Stephen Ross and Chris Greer said nay. And then then that's going to start. So now I'm very curious as to what direction Miami is going to go this upcoming year. And I'm afraid... And I'm afraid it's going to end up being a Houston Texans situation. And what I mean by that is that it's going to be like like a Bill O'Brien kind of thing, but with the general manager and not the coach, if that makes any sense. Like a lot of the players on the Miami Dolphins is like, you know what, my contract's coming up. I don't think I'm going to resign. I'm going to test free agency. And I worry about that with guys, especially like guys like Xavier Howard, um, you know, which I mean, there are some guys that are under contract for, for a couple of years, but I mean – you know, like I, I fear that as a Dolphins fan, that Chris Greer and Stephen Ross are going to, maybe in an inadvertent way, but they're going to pretty much self sabotage, and then they got to go back into rebuild mode when we just got done with rebuild mode three years ago, and even though we're still building, there's a possibility that it, it ain't going to turn out good. And plus, I mean, we we lost, you know, our head coach got fired. Um, which is it's uh, more than just stupid. Like, like you had probably one of the best minds at your head coaching position, doing the best yep. with a shit quarterback. Because Tua, we talked about it last season. They shouldn't have done the Tua Fitzgerald switch shit back and forth. Fitzgerald was winning games. Tua was not. Fit Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I'm saying Fitzgerald, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, then then you do all this and you you banking on your court on a quarterback that's not bringing you results but the coach is this coach who's also got you this defense that's very threatening very good and then you start disrespecting your players with their contracts like Xavier Howard like what 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 are you thinking about what's your plan for this organization you're almost as bad as the Jaguars 
You know what? You know what's funny? I never thought I'd ever say. I never thought I would ever say I missed. I miss Wayne Hazenga, but I miss Wayne Hazenga because Stephen Ross don't know what the fuck he's doing as the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Like I used to. Like I used to trust Chris Greer. You know, and, and Chris Greer has made a lot of good decisions. But I mean, right now, would you want Justin Herbert or Tua? Oh, definitely Herbert. Yeah, right, right now. now would you want Deshaun Watson or Tua? Deshaun Watson, easily. Thank you. Yeah, if we're just talking on field. Just on field. Forget about the massage parlors and shit. Just on field. You want Deshaun Watson or you want Tua? Tua. You're going to take Deshaun. uh, Deshaun. Right, every time. Wait, hold on. It just hit me just now. All of our teams don't have head coaches. No, uh, right now (laughs) at the time of this recording, there are eight teams looking for a head coach and one possible uh so miami houston new orleans the giants minnesota jacksonville denver and chicago are all looking for head coaches uh and dallas is currently sitting on the fence with mccarthy whether they're going to keep him or not so uh chicago just well earlier today hired a gm um, and he's talking about acquiring Brian Flores already, mm. which their, their defense is good. And if he's able to do what he did with Miami's defense at Chicago, Ooh, that's scary. Especially with Khalil Mack. Yeah. And Robert Quinn, is it Robert Quinn? It was Robert Quinn, right? Yeah. yeah Robert Quinn. Yeah. Yes. That, that leading your defense, um, they have defense, you know, cornerbacks or defensive backs, I guess what we would say. Um, linebackers are all right, too. That offense is got some really good weapons. Um, as long as Allen Robinson, if he's willing to stay for Brian Flores, they're definitely going to be scary. Justin Fields, I think, will get better. We'll get a better scheme that's towards him, like how Brian Flores tried with uh, Tua. If he doesn't like Justin Fields, Maybe they'll listen to him and get somebody else to put ahead. But right now, Justin Fields not that bad. I mean, compared to what they already had ended on him. Right. <laughs> so. Well, of course, so let, me, let me look this up real quick because I just seen it the other day and I was going to – as of right now, like the top – and this is from uh, Pro Football Focus. Um, as of right now, the top prospects for coaching vacancies – um, Kellen Moore, offensive coordinator for Dallas Cowboys. Dan Quinn, a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Who should be a head coach? I think he will be. It's either he's going to get a head coaching job, or when Andy Reid retires, he's going to basically take the throne as head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. But that's for a different a discussion. Play. Eric, uh, yeah, like I said, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, uh, Byron Leftwich, offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles, defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Uh, Gerard Mayo, uh, linebacking coach for the Patriots. Which surprised Uh, me, to be honest. About Gerard Mayo? Yeah. That he's a candidate for a head head coaching job? Yeah. Okay. Uh Brian DeBo- Brian DeBow, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Uh Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Uh Nathaniel Hackett, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Raheem Morris, um uh, a defensive coordinator for the Rams. 
uh, Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, Doug Peterson of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jim Caldwell of the Detroit Lions, and possible college coaches that can jump to the NFL is Jim Harbaugh of the Michigan Wolverines and Bill O'Brien, offense coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Doug Peterson's not at the Eagles. No, it says former head coach. I said former oh, Philadelphia Eagles head coach. Uh, I just heard you say he's Philadelphia coach. I was like, what? Like, what? They got him back and he's already gone again. Uh, <laughs> the way Jeffrey Lurie runs the franchise, it would not surprise me. One team that I forgot to mention, uh, so there are currently nine teams looking with a possible 10th, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. They don't have a an actual head coach. If they don't put that interim, man, there's – Move. I, I know, but he's he was just the interim. He hasn't signed as uh, the full time head coach or anything like that. If they don't offer him that position, uh, there's a problem. That man literally stayed up one night and wrote a thank you letter to every single player before their uh, game against the Chargers. Yeah, I just hope I, 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 we we had this discussion last year. Um, not last year. It may have been the year before, Bubba. Um, I'm really, really hoping because there's been a lot of talk about the minority candidates and if if certain um, minorities are going to have the ability to get the head coaching positions that are available. Because you got in terms of one, no, there's coach. no, there's a couple, there's a couple of them, no, um, right, right now. Oh, well, currently, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, there's only like one. <laughs> yeah, the only minority head coach is Tom. Well. No, there's two. Uh, because isn't Ryan Riv- or uh Ron Riviera, um, Ron Rivera? Yeah, he's the head coach of the uh, Washington yeah, football team. He's definitely Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then Mike and then Mike Tomlin for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, so but look, sorry. yeah, but but look, you have Eric Bieniemy, you have uh, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, uh, Gerard Mayo, you have uh, Leslie Frazier, Raheem Morris, uh, you know, yeah, Brian Flores, Jim Caldwell. You know, there's a plethora of my, of good minority, you know, head coaches that are out there, and I'm hoping and praying because the way the Rooney Rule is set up is is that every team, if you're gonna hire a head coach, you you have to at least interview a minority head coach, or a minority coach. Yeah. My problem, and I explain this, is that I'm really, really hoping and praying that people aren't just there to check off a box saying, okay, we, we interviewed a minority head coach. Now let's go hire the guy that we really want to hire. Like I'm like, and you look at, you know, Byron Leftwich has done an amazing job as offensive court. Like it wouldn't surprise me if Byron Leftwich took the job with Jacksonville, because that's where he kind of like made a name for himself as far as his toughness and his grittiness, you know, being, you know, as, as a quarterback there. So maybe that might be a good fit, you know, Todd, I see, you know, like, Eric, like I still think Eric Bieniemy is probably going to stay with Kansas City because, I mean, you have one of the best jobs in the world. You know what I mean? You're the offensive coordinator for this amazing, you know, powerhouse that has Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. You know, um, so I don't even know if he would even want a head coaching position. Um, but then you got guys like you know Gerard Mayo, which again, I mean, if Gerard Mayo can. You know, I mean, because we see it, you know, a linebacking coach being ahead. I mean, it, it happened with uh with Mike Vrabel being, you know, he was a linebacker coach and ended up going to uh, – well, he was a defense coordinator. Then he went to head coach, correct? Yeah, it was a, he was right. a coordinator. Like, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised with Gerard Mayo because he's a positional coach going for him. Like, 
if he was a coordinator, it's more understandable, but a positional coach, just like that was surprising. Well, me. the New York Giants did hire a special teams coach's head coach, so that should tell you something. Who? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Jimmy Judge so, or something uh, like that? I don't know. Well, he was Joe, a coordinator before, too, also, though, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm not 100% uh, positive about that. So, real quick, talking about head coaching, um, I, I want to talk real quick, our teams. Uh, so, the Denver Broncos, their former coach was uh, Vic Van- Fangio. Fangio, who did a good job with what he was given. Right. Um, it, so, his downfall was... Drew Locke. Uh, it, well, it was his his win loss record for three seasons, nineteen wins, thirty losses over three seasons. But we had Drew Locke as our quarterback for most of that. That's true. Uh, but it was the sixth consecutive year that the Broncos failed to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and they also also averaged fewer than twenty points in a game. But here's my thing: like, what quarterback we had could produce in the seven years? Nobody. Uh, now, the Broncos have requested interviews with the current Patriots linebacker coach Gerard Mayo. They actually had one already. Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Cowboys offensive quarter uh, coordinator, coordinator Kellen Moore. Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, Packers QB slash pass game coordinator Luke Getze, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn, and Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. So uh, uh, earlier did, earlier today, as it's recording, uh, we actually had the second interview with. Uh, Packers offensive coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, so he's right uh, now the front runner, or as mm-hmm. of right now from the recording. Obviously, we have time, so we'll see. Yeah, uh, I don't even, I don't even know what Miami is going to be doing about a head coach. So right now, Vince uh, Russo, Miami Dolphins. Please no, God in heaven. <laughs> former coach Brian Flores. Uh, Flores, we know, was just fired by the Dolphins after three seasons. Uh, now, his record over three seasons was 24 wins, 25 losses. However, twice he led the team to a winning record, including 10 and 6 in 2020. Uh, the, the Dolphins have currently requested interviews from the Bills offensive coordinator. Brian uh, DeBowl, 49ers OC Mike McDaniel, Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn, Cardinals DC Vance Joseph, Cowboys uh, offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, the Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, and the Rams assistant head coach slash running back coach Thomas Brown. Plus, this just came out today as of this recording. They have requested an interview with Alabama Crimson Tide offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. If Bill O'Brien goes to, oh my God. But he wouldn't be GM, so he'd be okay. There's the thing. Uh, 
all the all the bad things that I can say about Bill O'Brien come from the one year where he was the general manager and the head coach. When he only had head coaching duties, he was good. Yeah, you guys not great. Lot. Not great, but good. Right. Well, uh, according to this one, I found this one thing called ProFootballNetwork.com, and it mm-hmm. talks about Brian DeBowell being the lead candidate for Miami's head coaching position. It says, while the Dolphins have been intentionally leak-free throughout their search process, one source told us that Chris Greer uh, wasn't returning phone calls, which was out of character, and it has been able to gather intel from the inside at the beginning of the Dolphins' head coaching search. Uh, the website was told by a source close to the situation that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross wants to work with quarterback Tua Tagovailoa and hopes that the new head coach will maximize his skill. Thus, the sources believe that Brian DeBowell, the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, would be the perfect candidate for the job. One source close to the New York Giants coaching search told us that DeBowell would choose between the Giants and the Dolphins. While some close to the bowl believe that he is leaning toward Miami to reunite with Tua, another another source told Pro Football Network that the bowl is conflicted because he would likely receive a better offer from the Giants and he has some concerns about Tua's ceiling in the NFL. Now, DeBowell worked with Tua in, at Alabama in 2017 when he served as the offensive coordinator and when Tua was a freshman in college. Uh, DeBowell doesn't have any doesn't have much game experience with Tua, who appeared in eight games throwing for 636 yards that year, but the longtime NFL assistant has seen him up close in the AFC East matchups. So there you go. You know what that sounds like to me? What does that sound like to you? Dave Meltzer talk. Oh, Lord, yeah. Somebody just speaking at their ass saying they have any sources or anything when there's no actual solidified backing. Minus five stars. <laughs> uh, All right. And, and then on to the Texans. Um, obviously, our former head coach was David Culley. He was fired after one year, um, and he, was the, he became the oldest first-time NFL head coach at the age of 65. Now... Uh, in Coley's only season with the Texans, he won the exact same number of games that Romeo Cornell did as interim head coach. However, Coley did it with a depleted roster and a team that has only had one first-round pick in the last four years. Uh, I wasn't mad with David Coley because uh, I thought he did the best he could with a roster that was basically shit. I mean, Davis Mills showed up later in the season. Uh, Brandon Cooks did good, but the rest of the roster was kind of like, meh. Uh, Now, the Texans have requested interviews from former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores, Chargers offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi, Florida Atlantic wide receivers coach Heinz Ward, Oh, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, and the one that makes the least amount of sense is former quarterback Josh McCown. Now, why 
we want this man as our head coach, and he's never had a coaching position, uh, a coordinator's position, uh, a positional uh, anything. He's only played at quarterback. Makes no sense to me, but whatever. Maybe um, he coached Pop Warner League or something. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, because that's comparable to the NFL. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> Pop Warner probably has better overtime rules. Uh, <laughs> now, currently, uh, former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores is the front runner. Uh, in... I mean, Brian Flores should probably be the front runner for 99% of teams right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it just depends on who wants to give him. I, I, here's the thing. Would it be about the money or would it be about the opportunity to win? I think that's probably what he's probably looking. I think it's more of a say of a roster build. Yeah. Uh, I know that the Texans are hoping that uh, they can hire Flores. And with hiring Flores, there's hope that they can keep Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't see that happening even if they uh hire brian flores even though um everybody all the the insider sources and everything are saying that brian flores and deshaun watson want to work together there was an article that came out earlier uh today and i don't remember what site i seen that on but after uh the the Twitter verse did some digging. It appears that Brian Flores and Deshaun Watson have had no contact with each other, and neither of them have each other's phone number. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, but I personally would like Brian Flores. Uh, but I think whoever is the Texans head coach next season is getting set up for failure just like David Culley got set up this year. Uh, And they're just going to be a placeholder uh, until we can build a better roster. But the thing is, can you build a better roster with a coaching carousel like the Jaguars? No. Like, that's what a lot of these, like, that's what I, when it comes to, quote unquote, top tier sports, uh, and I'm including college in that is co- the coaching carousel is horrible. They never give these coaches a full, like in college, they don't give a coach four years, four or five years to build a full foundational team of his own picks, of his own recruits. It's always two or three seasons, and then you're gone because he didn't produce it two or three seasons with the guys that was recruited from the other coach for that other coach's scheme. And pro football, I mean, we get two or three seasons. Which, I mean, you only get what, uh, out of that, you get what, maybe possibly four or five at good draft picks. And then you have to hope in the offseason that your GM front office will actually get people for your scheme. Because if not, then you get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of the time, it's all about what the owner wants. You know, like, I mean, for example, you really think that even, even when Jason Garrett was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, you really think he was calling the shots? Come on, that was all Jerry Jones, you know. And there are there are owners who allow the coach to pick, you know. Uh, what was it that uh, Bill Parcells said a long time ago? If you're going to let me cook, you might as well let me buy some of the groceries. Yeah. You know? Hey, guess what Bill Parcells did, though? He fucking he, won. He fucking won a champ. 
He was a, he won by Mills field goal, but he won. Uh, <laughs> he won. He got, he, a, he won. got a ring. Right, exactly. He led All a team right. to the Super Bowl. Yes, he did. All right. Well, that being said, and we'll talk more um, about the coaching's hirings and the firings and things of that nature. And hell, who knows if any other coaches are going to get fired? Hell, the, the way the season's turning out, you never know what's going to happen. That being I mean, said, though, by, Pro Bowl, by Pro Bowl week, <laughs> we should have definitely have a more uh, better understanding of uh the situation for the season for for some of the season yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely let's, let's go ahead and get these picks <laughs> sunday january 30th three o'clock on cbs you have the cincinnati Bengals going to the kansas city chiefs gentlemen who you got i got a i got i got big boy burrows and rookie of the year jamar chase Okay, you're going with Cincinnati to win that one. Yep, uh, I'm going with Cincinnati too. The, okay. They are they're the dark horse of all dark horses. They are on a roll. They have the momentum, and let's let us not forget the Bengals did beat the Chiefs during the regular season. Let us not forget that. I'm going the opposite route. I'm going with Kansas City to win this one. Uh, I want. And you hate the Chiefs. <laughs> I do. I do. I want the Bengals to win this one, and I want the Bengals to win this one decisively. However, uh, I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think that the Chiefs are they're, they're coming back for revenge. Uh, the, the Bengals did beat the Chiefs earlier this season. However... They beat the Chiefs in a time when my homeboy, Patrick Mahomes, was not playing very well. He's playing good again. And he's going to be a problem. I don't know. There's just something about momentum that can carry a team. You know what I I mean? You're correct. Now, I will... I want to look one thing up real quick. Um... Because there's there's one thing that would make me lean the other way. Okay. That is if uh, Kansas City, I don't want to look at this uh, injury report. Are you looking to see if Tyron Matthew will be playing? Yes. Um, uh, I believe he will be out. So, uh, he is listed as questionable as of yesterday on this recording. Um, he, he is in concussion protocol, uh, after suffering concussion on the opening play of the, it wasn't uh, the opening play, it was the opening drive, but it wasn't the the opening drive of the, uh, the Chiefs Bills game. Um, Yeah, and then let's see. Chris Chris Lamonts was placed on injury reserve, and uh, who's the Saunders is who was the one that was run over by uh by uh Josh Allen? Who was that? He's he's out for life. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't remember who that was. <laughs> that man, that man. Like I said, I would have I would have definitely faked if I got run over like that. I ain't getting up. I would have acted like I just developed CT out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
I would have started acting like Antonio Brown. I would have walked off the field. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna to... go Kansas City. Oof. Okay. I'm All right, trying so to got... find who it is that he got run over. <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, while you're looking that up, let's jump on to the next one. 6.30 p.m. on Fox. The San Francisco 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. Gentlemen, who you got? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with Cooper Cup. I can't think of a this, corner that can guard caveat. him right now. Let me put this caveat to you real quick. The 49ers have beat the Rams twice this season already. I get that. This one's going to be difficult for me because I'm honestly, I don't know who, because I wouldn't, hell, I didn't think the San Francisco 49ers were going to beat the Green Bay Packers, and they did, you know. Um, I mean, the Rams did pull off a pretty good victory against the Buccaneers. Uh, You know what? Where's my coin? I'm going to go ahead and flip. Sir, (laughs) this ain't overtime. I don't know. If you want to... <laughs> Ooh. This ain't overtime. Hey, you better hey, not be hey. decided on a flip. I, I I I can decide on a flip because I, I, I hopefully neither hopefully neither one of these games going to overtime. Um, we have a pretty decisive victory. All right, so if it's heads, I'm going with 49ers. If it's tails, I'm going with the Rams. All right, hang on. Also, um, speaking of which, they're they're in that Bills. During that Bills Chiefs game, can we talk about how uh, I lost Tyreek, my quarter? Hang on. Can we talk about how Tyreek Hill did not get called for taunting on his last touchdown? Uh, yeah, there was a problem with that. There was a he, lot of problems with that game. Like a legit taunt. He was literally taunting. Like most of the time, what he called taunting is not a taunt, but this one was a blatant taunt. Yeah, that he did the whole peace out thing. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. By the way, it landed on uh, the 49ers. So I'm going to go did with Did it land I'm, on 49ers? You just pick it 49ers now. No, nah, 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 it dropped <laughs> on the floor. And it rolled up underneath the thing. Nah, um, nah I'm going to go. I don't know. Something about. I kind of want to like. It, it's. It, the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs and the 49ers were just in the Super Bowl against each other like two years ago. The Rams were in it three years ago. When's the last time the Bengals actually were in a Super Bowl with a chance to win it? You know, like like the sixties, <laughs> right? Like, I don't know, but no. Nah, all right, I'm gonna go with the 49ers, and I got the Bengals and the 49ers against each other in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm gonna do Bengals Rams. I mean, to be honest, at this point, any of them can win. Uh, like we, none of us have a dog in this race. I would like to see a new grouping of people. So I mean, obviously the Bengals went in, but any, like on the other side, it could be anybody really. Um, I would just like to see. To be honest, I think it'd be more exciting for for me to watch uh, Jamar Chase and uh, Joe Burrow's going against uh, Von Miller and Aaron Donald on one side. Yeah, you got your you got your super vets versus your literally your one and two year players and your next the next generation, pretty much. Yeah, where are you uh, going, Chip? I'm going with the Rams on this one. 
Uh, yes, the 49ers have beat them twice this year, but I don't think they're going to do it a third time. Uh, man, after the showing between the Rams and the Bucks, there there's something special about this team that I'm, I didn't notice before, but, and then with the addition now the the two times before that the 49ers beat the uh Rams correct me if i'm wrong the Rams didn't have Von Miller and they didn't have OBJ they did not they did not um so now they've got to game plan for something completely different because you got uh Aaron Donald and Von Miller on that front line and then hmm. and then even though OBJ is kind of playing as almost a backup receiver. He's still drawing double teams. I think he understands his role now. Like he understands, okay, Cooper Cup's your main guy. I get that. But I'm still going to be a problem. You know? Yeah. The problem is his attitude. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, so I'm gonna go Kansas City, LA in the Super Bowl. My my preference and my heart, I would much rather see Cincinnati in LA. Uh, for for the same reasons that Roger like, I want to see Burrow and Chase uh, against uh, Donald and uh, Von Bell, uh, and and I want to see what. Uh, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup can do against that Bengals defense. Uh, and I'm sorry, you know what? I don't really know anybody on the Bengals defense, but that I mean, also might I mean, be I mean, good. Von Bell, I mean, Von Bell, Hilton. Um, you know what? Y'all convinced me because I was leaning towards San Francisco, but now that I think about it, that's the, that, I think that's the matchup that I would want to watch. Bengals-Rams. Also, uh, the the little poor defensive back that got uh, murdered by Josh Allen was Ward, number thirty-five. Ah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm switching my pick. I'm gonna go Bengals Rams for the Super Bowl. Okay. So Raj, you and me both have Bengals Rams, and Chip, you have Chiefs Rams. Yes. Yes. Um, it, that's what my head is telling me, but my heart is telling me that it's gonna be Bengals Rams. But I got to go with my head on this one. Right. I understand. All right. That being said, I mean, I'm looking forward to both of these games. I think both games are going to be very, very highly contested. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> I'm I'm hope I'm hoping that both games are great games and you know, you, you go with your head or your heart, you know, the Bengals Rams, you know, matchup would be really, really good. The Chiefs Rams matchup would be good only from the standpoint that, I mean, do you remember the last time these teams? Remember you remember the game that they played against each other on Monday Night Football? Yeah, but it was Jared Goff. I, I mean, was his four, well, his three great receivers and tight end. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, it can. I mean, it can happen. You know, I mean, also he had a different running back too. It wasn't Cam Akers. It was uh, Todd Gurley, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Before Todd Gurley, before his knees betrayed him for life. 
Yeah, I don't want see. I don't want 49ers Chiefs because like I feel like we've seen that play out before two years well, ago. Here's the thing. It, it, in my mind, if it's 49ers Chiefs, there's no way in hell that you or the 49ers are gonna stand against the Chiefs. No, no they don't. No. They definitely don't have. I mean, Nick Bosa could try, but he he can't do it all. No, no. I mean, the Bengals 49ers might be a good game. It'd be like a throwback to like the old. You know, because they, didn't they play each other in 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 the Super Bowl back in the eighties? So with Boomer, yeah, it was Boomer speak, versus Montana. Yeah. So speaking of the Bengals, the they have only appeared in two Super Bowls. That was in eighty two and eighty nine. Yeah, because the other one was just uh, it, what it was it called? The, the AFL. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're definitely going to see what happens, and uh, it should be a good one. I'm looking forward to this weekend's games, and uh, you know, man, it should uh, be fun. Sunday, Sunday, is it this week? Oh shit, it is this weekend, man. I'm, I'm lost track of time, but no, it it'll definitely be. Like I said, I, we don't have none of us have a horse in this race. Obviously, I mean, whoever goes goes, whatever, but. What what we prefer, we said, would be Bengals and Rams to see because that'd be more exciting. Um, overall, so uh, uh, not to uh, cut you off, but uh, both of the Bengals Super Bowl appearances were against the Forty ers Yeah, wow, against Montana, Montana, yeah, yep. the greatest <laughs> linebacker ever. Oh God, heaven! <laughs> <laughs> All right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for tuning into this episode of Are You Ready for Some Football? Um, let us know your predictions, man. Who you who do you guys want to want to see in the Super Bowl? Uh, check us out on all of our social media pages. Let us know, uh, especially on on the Movement Radio Facebook fan page. Um, let us know what you guys think. Let us know what your predictions are going to be. Um, Tell anything us what you they get- should change the overtime rule to. Yeah, change it. What, what do you think, think overtime rule be should be? Right, exactly. Anything could be better. Literally, no overtime. Go no, no overtime allowed. He's going to be griping about this for the next week, y'all. I just want you to let y'all know. I, no, no, I no. hate it. I, he's he's going to be griping about this and for for now until they change it. I mean, so forever I basically because it don't seem like they're going to. I that's, mean, it, like it's sad, but it is. But my thing is like it wouldn't matter who it was, who it would have been, because um, I mean it could be like I said, it could have been the Patriots getting screwed out of that, and I'd still be in support of them changing the rules because it's just a bullshit rule. Yeah, well, these are pros played out, right? You know, you know, you know. What's crazy? Here's the thing: is that is that Andy Reid benefited from the rule, and even he still thinks that he and he still doesn't like the overtime rule. Is it's a it's a stupid rule. It's uh, it's as bad as uh, the Tuck rule back in the day. Oh God, let's not talk about that stupid shit again. <laughs> that was stupid. All right. That being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you anything you guys want to say before we bounce out here this evening? Um, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Anything, Raj? Um, no, I'm so flustered about the overtime rule. <laughs> okay. All right, a couple of quick shout-outs. Shout-out to our good friend, uh, Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Go to his Facebook page and check out all his content. Prices and listings are there. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversation Podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network, twitch.tv slash Unleashed. Even Ivan Montanez, our good buddy Sean Miller with Should I Watch That? Uh, and um, 
yeah thank you guys so much um and uh hope you guys have a good night enjoy this weekend's games and uh rest in peace mama i love you chip let's hit him with the outro please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click the bell to get notified of our latest videos and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.